don't let parrots lie to you. And I was like, nobody knows who Bjork is. Why am I still telling this joke? You know, like, they're like, who is it was Bjork? Why would you even? Uh, I like to drink a lot. I'm glad that we're doing that or whatever. I, uh, but in February, I had a terrible thing happen. I fell on my face because uh, I was drunk and it was crazy and I went to the hospital. But, uh, and I'm on Medi-Cal, which is insane, right? But it's, everything's free. And they sewed up my face. They gave me 15 stitches in my eye. And they did such a good job. They gave me a free brow lift. <laughs> like I got, I got Medi-Cal facelift. It was free. They took out a wrinkle. And the next time I fall on my face, I need to do it on the other side. You know, or I need to fall on my tits so I can get a Medi-Cal boob job. You know, like I really want them to fix this whole situation up. I'm kidding. I would never augment my breasts in any way. I'm 45. Come on. Thank you guys so much for being here tonight. This has been Outdoor Comedy. We're doing this six feet apart every... Yes, clap. Yay! Clapping is great. Yay! Yay, we love clapping. Uh, we've been doing this uh, at 7 o'clock for the community, and it's not publicized, and we don't want to publicize it because it's just for you people because you live in the neighborhood, and thank you for being here, and we're just trying to be part of the community. But, like, yeah, don't gather, but thanks for being here, and um, if you ever want to give Mutiny Radio money, it's at Venmo Mutiny Radio, and uh, you can like us on Facebook or um, on the Instagrams, even though I don't understand that because I'm too old. Nah, the Facebook's the way to go. But thank you for being here, and uh, everybody be Yay!
Everybody, if you're listening in, uh, we're in the eight o'clock hour, and it's time for Pam Tass's Comedy Clubhouse here on Mutiny Radio. But it's not comedy. We're gonna be reading the script that I wrote of Dottie and Bree. We're gonna get to it. We just finished this crazy comedy show. It was so great. Okay, we'll be back. Every act of love will please you. Maybe I believe you. So we're going to read this crazy script that I wrote um, after I have a cigarette, but please enjoy The Carpenters. Why do I love The Carpenters? Because she was anorexic and she taught me this wonderful thing that um, you can convince people that you're eating if you take skim milk and you put it in ice cubes and you make it into a quote-unquote milkshake. Uh, What did I learn from her beautiful uh, story? Anyways, no, I'm kidding. Or not. Anyways, take care of yourselves in these COVID times. We're going to be back with... uh, Dottie and Brie reading, and enjoy some Carpenters until then. It's gonna take some time this time to get myself in shape. 
We've only just begun to live White lace and promises A kiss for luck and we're on our way We've only begun Before the rising sun We fly choose. We start out walking and learn to
like an old love song gone much too long you hear it once again and it carries you Just to let the Mutiny Radio listening audience know, we're just about to start the script reading of Dottie and Bree. I'm very excited. Uh, we're playing some Carpenters in the interim. We're going to be right back with script reading. Yay! Long ago and oh so second show Listening to the Carpenters, I love you too. We have a Zoom going on, dear Lord. Hey, Zoomy Zoomers, everybody's uh, everybody's in. Hello, yeah. Uh, just to let people know, the cast list tonight we have uh, this is Dottie and Bree's Escape, and uh, we have Dottie being played by Edna. Uh, you can introduce yourself in any way. Mashed potatoes, all of your um, Patreon. Edna Mira Rea. You just find me. Find her. Uh, Brie is going to be read by uh, Joanna Bateman. You can find her yes, in all I the also places. Like potatoes. 
and you can find me on Patreon slash Joanna Bateman. No, I didn't say I like potatoes. That's my comedy company's name, Potatoes Mashed Comedy. Oh, I also have a Patreon. Same name. <laughs> and I, I, I don't know how Patreon works, but I love it because the, it just, it's one of those things, it's invisible. It just, you give you three bucks a month, just give us three bucks a month and you just won't even notice it. Like you won't even notice three bucks a month. Just sign up on Patreon. We have Jen Perez here. She's going to be reading miscellaneous characters and all kinds of things. We also have Rachel Pinson. She's in the potty. She's going to be reading miscellaneous things. We've got Billy Sullivan in here. He's going to be reading all the men characters. We have some other men here too, so they might be jumping in. I was hoping that Nathan Lowe would be the narrator, but he's out talking to women, uh, as he usually does. So uh, that's how that works. Uh, but thank you guys all for being willing to read this. Um, the history behind this story is that I wrote it in 2007. Uh, I was still with my ex-husband. It was before I left him. And I had a really great friend of mine. And we were drinking lots and lots of whiskey together and having such a wonderful time. And I used to hang out with only gay men. So I was getting positive male attention from a non-sexual source. But then I started hanging out with this one friend. And I started getting like positive male attention from a sexual source and then I left my husband and it was great but so it took it took a long time after I wrote this story my buddy Megan was like have you ever recognized that all your stories are about escape and I was like ah, and then I left my marriage isn't that funny yeah uh, so so this story is uh, Dottie and Bree's escape and uh, I guess we'll jump into it if everybody's on board uh, here we go. Unless Nathan decides to come in and be the narrator, I guess I have to do it. Well, we can if he's willing to. Yeah, go run out there and ask him. Because I'd rather him do it than me. I mean, it's cool. We can fade in or whatever. But if he wants to, I mean, it's it's much. Um, thank you guys so much. This, it, this script really does mean a lot to me in uh, Burning Man in 2007. Uh, my best friend, our names were Dottie and Bree. That's what everybody called us for 10 days. So it was like, I don't know, cathartic and weird and fun. But uh, this story has a lot of, uh, and I mean, I wrote it in 2007 and it's 2020. So that's 13 years ago. So do yeah. you, everyone tell were me later. Were you Dottie or Bree? Who's where what? Were you Dottie or Bree? I was Bree. I was Bree. She was Dottie. Yeah, I was the... Uh, I was the I was the cheeky one that drove at that time, which is funny because I actually after I wrote the story, I ended up getting a DUI. I flipped a car three times and survived. And uh, no. everyone always knew me as like the D, the person who was drunk who could drive. I was such a good driver. But hey, don't drive drunk. Everybody out there, if you're ever in a situation, don't ever do. Why would you do it? Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't drive drunk. Don't ever do it. You know what? It's so much cheaper to get a cab. Leave your car. Even if your car gets towed, it's still cheaper than getting a DUI. Nathan is going to finish flirting with these girls and he's going to come inside and be the narrator, which I think is very exciting. Come on! It's a, thank you all for being a part of the Zoom room and for listening on mutinyradio.fm. I, I mean, come on. I know they're cute, Nathan. Just come in. Be a narrator. There.
Anyways, 2000, what did you guys do in 2007? How old were you, Jen Perez? You were like 12. You weren't even 12. No, uh, I just graduated college. I was auditioning for all kinds of shit for, for dance. In 2012? I was... I... No, you no. said seven. You said seven. 2007. In 2007. Wow. Yeah. I had no idea. Damn, girl. Yeah, uh, and, then, and then 2008, I made the Jets. The Jets! I'm, yeah. I, I really, we got to have a day where we have to have a, there should be a someday when comedy is back, we'll try to find all the comedians that were cheerleaders and then we can wear our cheerleading outfits <laughs> and we can do, I did, oh I learned God. a new trick this week. Nathan, will you, are you going to be, are you going to be the, are you willing to be the narrator? Sure. All right. Hey, I'll be a male cheerleader with you guys. Yay. Yeah. Where is it? <laughs> we have right. YouTube cheer going. Okay, we've got Nathan. He's in. Hi, guys. Jesus. All right, guys. Drunk and high. We're figuring it out. How are we? Oh, good oh, for y'all. Oh, several thumbs oh, up. I, I like how it's all at once. Great. Okay. Is this the thing with the glowy snails? No, this has nothing to do with glowy snails. You Glitter. just have to read. You're the narrator. Okay. You read all those parts. Yep. Got it. Okay. <laughs> okay, wait. Who's Fade in. Exterior. Vega Streets. Night. Okay. All right. Bree drives wildly. Of course we need you. Through South Vegas. We had to get out of Vegas fast. They were after us. The Koreans, the devil, probably the cops. You don't steal from seven brothers sung and get away with it. The house always wins, and we lost the fight and the suitcase full of cocaine. These tears... I'm mixing these with acid for when we cross the border. Me and Dottie are escaping to Mexico, and I don't care if the devil tags along. He used to have good ideas. Now he wants us dead. Interior. Bree's car. Night. Blood trickles from Bree's gashed head and beaten nose. She gets a jar collected to collect her tears. She's driving like the devil. Interior. Multiple psychics. Flashback. Bree getting the devil's target card three times from three different <laughs> what is that? Physicists? Arrow, arrow psychics. Card. She sees the devil plaguing her closely. Interior. Bree's car night. Bree recoils as she senses the devil's hot breath and bifurcated tail wrapping around her in the car. He whispers, darting impetuously. From one ear to the other, slipping his tongue into her brain. This isn't real. End voiceover. Exterior, Vegas streets, night. Bree drives faster. Interior, Bree's car, night. This cute bitch here, this is my girl Dottie. I've saved her five times already this year, but she's worth it. She doesn't think so and probably never charges enough for her sweet ass, but we're leaving for real this time and have about enough gas to get to Barstow. Bree tries to focus on the road ahead rather than the passed out body of Dottie in the passenger seat. The window blows her hair into unmanageable tangles. White crust cakes Dottie's tiny nose. Exterior, alley, night. Flashback, Bree dragging Dottie's lifeless body 
through the garbage-laden alleyway behind Circus Circus. Bree finds an unlocked, nondescript white car with the keys in the ignition. She tosses Dottie's legs into the wheel well and lifts her shoulders onto the seat, gently leaving her head on the rest. It falls forward limply as she tries to bait her into the seat. Bree isn't moving fast enough. They're coming. Bree presses roughly on the gas, which is sequined silhouette and speeds from the alley. She looks at the gas enough to get them as far as Barstow. Interior, Bree's car, night. Bree skids around the corner onto the strip and hears drastic thumping in the trunk. Something large and heavy is thumping in the trunk. Bree turns and the music goes up and she drives faster. And I don't know what the fuck is in the trunk. The rearview mirrors show nothing but the deserted roads faint yellow illuminated by moonlight. The fly-by lonely circus and flattened decaying jackrabbit. What the fuck? Dottie stirs within the window's wind. She mumbles incoherently. We'll kind of understand what's going on. Squirrels eat babies. Wisconsin cheeses will save vegans in Imperial China. Commies, nacho cheese. The thumping from the trunk comes in regular intervals now, and Bree assumes it is alive. She looks around the car for weapons and takes off her sharp stiletto heels. Exterior, road out of town at night. Gas station, lights glow brightly in the distance. Interior, Bree's car, night. Bree counts 16, including change. Dottie stirs again, lifts her head and flutters her eyes. A small smile curls on the still soft lips. Always a pragmatist, she reached into the pocket of her thin tube of cherry balm, an orange bumper filled with white powder. She applies on her nose the other one to her lips and is immediately awake. Are we in Mexico? We have some work to do at this gas station. Interior, last stop, gap, step in line. <laughs> Jimbo comes out of the bathroom with credit card and aggressively cracks his thick neck. That's it, man. That there's the last one. I'll fight you for it. I'll fight you for it. Fuck that. Forks, man. Get the forks. They nod in unison. And Rusty runs over the hot dog station. Runs over to the hot dog station. Interior, last drop, last stop, gas and sip, daytime montage. Rusty works behind the last stop, gas and sip, somewhere after Barstow. Customers are rare. We see they carry milk and eggs and various red mesh trucker hats with slogans like, Galt's Racing Pigs and I'm with Stupid. Jimbo comes over most evenings from the late night speed binges and early 80s porn marathons. Competitive beasts, we see them deciding disputes with jack-off contests and feather hair poor man's lagoliers. 
We see Jimbo throwing forks at the ceiling. They each get three tries to embed their plastic tines in the corrugated ceiling tiles above. Jimbo envisions himself as a circus performer, throwing forks at trained poodles dressed in little clown hats and paint dew claws. The last line would be his. Interior, last stop, gas and sip night. The oncoming car's headlights illuminate the wall of refrigerating, <laughs> highlighting ice cream sandwiches and the four locos and Snapple peach tea. Jimbo and Rusty are throwing forks at the ceiling. Interior, last stop gas and sip night. Car skids to a stop, splitting rocks. Two badly beaten girls emerge from the white vehicle, long-haired blonde hops sideways as she attempts to strap onto a plastic shoe and reaches for balance on the outstretched arm of the driver who is crusted blood matted into her short bobbed locks. Neither has a purse. Interior last stop gas and sip night. Dottie and Bree open the doors in slow motion with hair blowing. They look dangerous and sexy. Dottie leans over the counter, allowing her thin blouse to gape open, <laughs> exposing a nipple. She grabs a Cheeto from the open bag and delicately licks the orange cheese powder from its crinkled stick. Um, can I take this bag? I love Cheetos. You seem to have this under control. I have to pull my shit together. Bree stands back hands on hips, admiring Dottie's work. She has to pee, and Dottie seems to have this situation well under control, so she slithers off to the bathroom to wash the blood from her forehead. Interior, gas and sip bathroom. Flipping, the light scatters. The ophthalmologist's dream world of moldy tiles. Bree holds back the rising vomit, lifts her skirt, and hovers over the toilet, Tilting her head back rapturously, she empties herself in the breast relief. Oh, God. She sees yellowish lines on the counter. Thank you, universe. Brie removes a short blue straw from her bra. In Rome. She inhales the line steadily before attempting to wash the gore. She stares at her reflection in the scratched and fog glass. Fuck. Ah. We're gonna make it after all. Interior. Last stop. Gas and sip. Continuous. Bree emerges ecstatically from the bathroom and starts to bounce and spin. Let's get physical! As it crackles from the porn playing TV in the corner. Dottie has acquired the sundries and is working her shoeless foot up Rusty's leg for the gas. I love it when a good plan comes together. Let's get some Diet Coke and get the fuck out of here. A green beer bottle crashes directly in front of Bree. She ate our fucking speed, man. Jimbo shakes his head menacingly, dropping six forks and picking up a knife. Dottie springs into action, grabbing her plastic stiletto from the ground. Dottie spikes Jimbo in the neck. The shoe <sighs> sticks crookedly for a moment until she yanks it away, letting loose a spurting 
fountain of blood. She kicks him in the stomach with her naked foot so his last sight can be her perfectly manicured anal darkness. As she stands triumphantly over his seizuring body, she spits on his face and turns to Rusty. Please, take the money, take the guys, go, just get out of Rusty's pleading is cut off by Dottie's favorite ninja star wedged squarely into his open mouth. He crumples to the ground atop the plastic forks and dislodges it as quickly as Bree removes the money from the cash register. Dottie grabs two mesh trucker caps, a pair of aviator glasses, and a pack of big red gum. Exterior, last stop gas, sip and dawn. Olivia Newton-John sings <laughs> as the white car speeds away from the deserted gas station into the gray morning light. Interior, Bree's car, dawn continuous. The thumping in the trunk grows steadily more consistent. Bree is shaking her head. Dottie is visibly nervous. Darling, you need me to drive? That speed was dirty. Bree scrunches her forehead rhythmically with the trunk thumping. Don't you hear that? Can't you feel that? Bree grips the wheel. Chewing her tongue with a grinding jaw, she lowers the window and spits a mouthful of blood into the side of the car. The wind spreads <laughs> fingers of crimson along the white door. Crank's a hell of a drug. How much did you take? <sighs> Doesn't matter. Now, none of it matters now. What? Bree twists her entire body towards the seat, dangerously yanking the wheel, forcing squealing tires and burning rubber across the deserted desert highway. They are surrounded by sagebrush and tumbleweeds. Bree slams on the brakes, and the car skids to a stop across the middle of the roadway. What is in the fucking trunk? Dottie slowly reaches over and holds Bree's face gently in her hand, strokes her cheek, and then slaps her hard. Ah! Fucking snap out of it, kid. You got to pull your ass together. We don't have time for this shit. Bree cries softly. She's still pretty desperately breaking down, like her missing tooth. It's time to go. We're going to make it to Mexico by sunset. We're going to walk into the desert together, and everything's going to be okay. We're going to live. For the first time, we're really going to be alive. Dottie puts her face close to Bree's and nods. Bree mirrors, nodding silently. Breathing hard, gulps calm air, allowing her tears to spill on Dottie's outstretched tongue. Get the fuck out of here. Bree tries to start the car. It makes an electric buzzing sound, sputters and clicks. Both Dottie and Bree begin to scream and punch the wheel and the seats and the dash. I mean, Dottie kicks her foot violently into the windshield, lodging her stiletto heel into the spidering glass. Bree leaps from the car, flailing and spinning her body in the roadway, shaking her fist to the sky. Fuck you, universe! Fuck you! Bree collapses in the roadway, letting the desert sun beat on her exposed skin. She slowly peels herself off the ground and gets back to the car. 
we've got $160.66, a gram and a half of cocaine, a two liter of Diet Coke, a bag of Cheetos. And the devil banging in the trunk. I don't believe in the devil. He will soon. Bree peers out the broken windshield into the desert. Exterior, desert landscape, continuous. What looks like an enormous rodeo bull in the distance is ridden by a red figure. Two tails and twist as the devilish rider struggles one-handed to stop the beast. His pitchfork skewers two small rabbits into the cracking ground. Interior, Bree's car, morning. We're going to die, Dottie. Fuck you. We're making it to Mexico. Exterior. Desert landscape. Day. Dottie and Bree's naked legs with pink and orange toenail polish poke from beneath the nondescript white vehicle. Empty Diet Coke. Bree smacks her lips for a little bit of moisture and bites. The thumping in the trunk has allowed... Now to an inconsistent is <laughs> allowed now inconsistent taps. Exterior under the car day <laughs> continuous. Are you asleep? I'm resting my eyes. Fucking universe. Dottie swipes some ants away from her twat. When we get to Mexico, we'll open a bar. Have karaoke on Tuesday, backed by a real band, and we'll have Sunday bathrobe drinking specials. Do Mexicans wear bathrobes? Bree cracks her jaw, yawning. We'll get the little brown beach boys to die for scallops and spear lobsters and make tortillas and nacho cheese, and we'll pick delicious pills off the always blooming quaalude tree. <laughs> Bree stretches her arms out, scraping them off the roadway, and rolls her head to the already sleeping Dottie. Dream happy dreams filled with fluffy kittens and unicorns and lazy afternoons by the milkshake lake. I love you. Bree closes her eyes. Exterior, desert dreamscape. Smoke and flames explode thickly through his moist nostrils and burn the air. Bree chokes and sputters, cowering naked. The bull blows orange fire, searing and blistering her skin, puffing her toes to popcorn. Bree lifts her chin, grits her teeth to the sulfurous beast, and snarls directly into his fiery like black eyes. Bree stands unafraid to face the demon. Bright mewing and chittering sounds in the distance, Bree refuses to remove her eyes from the angry beast. Pink butterflies flutter delicately around her head, swirling and quelling the heat as an army of fluffy kittens runs to her rescue, led by Dottie and flowing diaphorous scarves Diaphanous scarves atop the blindingly white unicorn. Iridescent rainbow glitter. Iridescent rainbow glitter flies out of the open kitten mouths between their tiny sharp fangs embedded into the beast eyes and skin and fur. 
He collapses as the unicorn shoves her spiked horn assward, just repeatedly. <laughs> Dottie and her army of glitter kittens nuzzle and rub softly against Bree's body and carry her to the delightfully shimmering milkshake lake with multiple flavors bubbling between her toes. Exterior, desert landscape, day. Marge's kind face, missing teeth, just poking under the car. Y'all gals all right? Marge generously applies cold, wet towels to their legs. You kids a little crispy. How long you been sleeping here? Bree wriggles from under the car. Her skirt rides up to her waist and flashes her thick aqua thong. No, it's much better thick. No, it's not. I want it to be thick. <laughs> Our car spun out early this morning. It won't start. We have $166. Can you help us? Marge's eyes lock on Bree's inner thighs. Marge's short, cropped black mullet speaks of white trash mechanics or lesbianism. Damn right. Hopefully both. Bree's eyes adjust to the light. She sees Marge's pink tow truck, complete with upside-down triangle <laughs> rainbow flags in the breezeless afternoon. A hand-painted mural of kittens shooting glitter out of their mouths with a unicorn frolicking in a flowered field or just on the other side of the tow truck. Marge sips on a large styrofoam container with a red straw and offers it to Bree with one thick calloused hand. <coughs> oh. Milkshakes. Thank you, universe. Not not a universe, Marge. Name's Marge. Margaret. Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. <laughs> well, I think you are, God. Are you going to help us or what, God? Dottie slides out of the car, exposing herself purposely to Marge. Yes, ma'am, I certainly am. Exterior, winding dirt road, sunset. We see a tow truck making dust on back roads. Interior, Marge's tow truck, sunset, continuous. Bree is looking nervously back at the white car being towed. That's uh, okay, kid. I ain't gonna bite. That ain't my type. We almost there. It's not that. Everyone's my type. Is anyone following us? <laughs> Don't worry about that, sugar. I'm taking this someplace safe. Ain't nobody never gonna find this place without knowing where to be looking for it. Exterior. Winding dirt road sunset continuous. The dust cloud obscures the road behind, making their path visible for miles. Interior. Marge's tow truck sunset continuous. Bree whispers to Dottie. Devilmen will find us eventually. They aren't going to give up on the whores that stole their drugs. And the speedy boys at the gas and sip? They'll piece together the ninja stars in plastic heels. The cops didn't find them first. Dottie smiles as she bopped to the Cindy Lauper crackling on the radio. She removes her favorite stars from her secret bodily hiding place and wipes and shines them to their original silver. And they have become kind of tarnished with blood. 
What kind of trouble you gals in? Cops. Ninja stars. Where'd you get those? Do you really know how to use them? I thought he smirks and raises an eyebrow. I killed a ninja. <laughs> she holds up a star to the light and smiles. Don't ask stupid questions. Exterior. Awesome commune compound. Night. Marge backs the tow truck into the barn. The headlights illuminate bare-breasted women in flowing skirts with baskets of fruit and mason jars of water. Buffalo girls, won't you come out tonight? Come out tonight. Be nice to those new gals, won't you? The ladies surrounded Dottie and Bree, barraging them with granola snacks and questions. I could tell you, but I have to kill you. <laughs> they both laugh, hopefully in unison. I try. Let's eat raspberries in the hot springs. I'll grab the dandelion wine. Exterior, hot springs, night. Women in the spring. So March makes repairs and sells cars on eBay. And our organic farm is totally self-sufficient. We sell hand-picked berries to all the Vegas restaurants, and then there's the campground. We rent the campgrounds around the springs, and we run full moon drum circles. And someone is dancing naked, like nightly. That's the thing around here. You two should stay. This place is perfect for you. Oh, we're not lesbians. We're whores. We have sex with people for money. Bree exits the pool to go and check on the progress in the car. I thought you'd like to be called sex workers. Exterior. Awesome commune compound. Continuous. She walks unabashedly naked through the throngs of adoring women. Marge is frowning over in the white vehicle. <sighs> Can't be fixed. You gals giving a thought about staying? This place is comfortable, but... Too much to settle for a dildo and an experienced lesbian tongue. If I wanted that, geez, Dottie and I would have years ago. Hmm. I like you girls. You're trouble. But I feel like I want to help you out. I just finished fixing up this here Mustang. It's fast. <laughs> I'll put your stuff from the white car into the trunk of this one here. The trunk? Uh, you 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 were in the trunk? Bree breathes fast. Spots sparkle in her vision and her knees weaken as Mark holds on her bare waist with calloused and dirty hands. A little help here. A little help here. Marge yells and scoops Bree into her arms, carrying her to the pool with Dottie and the Granola Girls. How much to make out with you? Uh, 20 bucks ought to do it. Marge sees the transaction and subsequent kissing. Marge drops Bree and stomps to the spring, lifting Dottie by her wet blonde hair. That's my fucking girlfriend, you whore! Marge punches Dottie. Ah. 
you best stop now. I have warned you. Marge continues punching. I stand warned. A ninja star swipes across Marge's middle and wedges into her gullet. She rises on the ground as Dottie and Bree gather their belongings and race towards their new vehicle. Granola girls wail and scream. And they gather around Marge, trying to stop the blood of Dottie. And, and then they, they leap into the convertible and speed off into the compound. Interior, Bree's new car, night. I need a fucking drink immediately. I've been sober far too long. Are we out of Coke? Are, Are we, we out of Coke? Dottie fumbles into her pockets. Oh, fuck. We are out of coke. You can lick the bumper. Oh, man. I'm really sorry. It was the only way I could deal with that freaky dyke in her fuzzy seats. And that piece was, place was weird, yeah? It's fine. I, I don't need that shit in my system anyway. What I do need is whiskey or insane amounts of anything brown poured over ice. I need to forget... The trunk starts to thump viciously. I hear it this time. Bree, I can hear it. What is that? You can you you can hear it? Oh god, it is real. Dottie reaches out her hand reassuringly. Whiskey is on the way, dearest. Everything's going to be okay. We'll make it to Mexico. Exterior, the Devil's Hole bar, night. A neon sign blinks the Devil's Hole then stays on the devil as holes black out. They park in the car into a gravel lot with a beat-up Ford and Chevy trucks and a cargo-less semi with bullhorns attached to the ominous chrome grill. Interior, devil's hole bar, night. Dottie and Bree fling open the barely-attached screen door and are greeted by a raised wooden stage with, musty, uh, with a musty red pole. Metal pole. <laughs> Led Zeppelin screams from the dusty jukebox in the corner. Heads turn and mouths gape. They would be playing for drinks. They would be paying for drinks. Ugh. Uh, yeah, 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 Keep trying. Yeah. Keep trying. Scratches her stomach nonchalantly, raising her shirt to expose under boob. Bree tilts her head back, mouth open, and runs her fingers roughly down her neck, across to her hard waist, finally resting and grabbing her outer thigh. Got it. Do you have a whole lot of love on that box? Dottie, Dottie positions, positions herself, herself next the to rest. the best-looking man at the bar at the table in front, legs spread, leaning back in her chair. She breathes propositions. I see you have whiskey. You'll be getting one for me and my girl, yes? <laughs> yes, sure. Anything. I will. Isn't that He brilliant? gets many shots. Fucking awesome universe! She takes a shot from the stage, and then another. Kicks her leg above her head, and does an awesome trick on the pole. She's an actual entertainer. Bree crawls towards the dumb man, takes another shot, and kisses Dottie right on the mouth. Dumb men begin to holler and throw their money on stage. 
Breeze, he's an old man in a red, like, like red sipping ice something in the corner. His face is obscured by cigar smoke, but it looks like he has a, like, a tail just swishing beneath the table. Bree continues to dance and drink as Dottie is seduced by her new companion. Dottie, then, you know, she toddles over to Bree on stage. Can we bring him with us? Don't ask stupid questions. Have I ever asked before? Dottie walks dejectedly back to the table. The song ends, and Bree drunkenly scoops money off of the stage. Dottie screams. Bree spins around to catch the dumb man yanking her off of her chair, like by her hair. She leaps from the stage, but he's no longer a dumb man. He is the bull from her dream, like just breathing sulfur and fire. She grabs it by the hoof and begins to wrestle it, kicking and biting. The bull, like he bucks her naked breasts, leaving like dark red bruises and cuts that Bree can't even feel. She grabs it by the horns and drives her dull fingers into its eyes, hearing it wail before collapsing just to the floor. Bree continues stomping on the bull until it changes back into the dumb man. Bree looks at the smoky red figure in the corner who is clapping and nodding slowly. Bree collects and the rest, like she gets her cash and clothing. Dottie spits on the brutally beaten man before digging a plastic spiked heel right into his nutsack upon exiting. Interior, Bree's new car, night. Bree looks to the sky to figure out where South is. I'm pretty wasted, but South is that way. I used to watch the stars with the stepdad Bill. When he stuck his hand down your underroots? The same. He'd do it when he saw a shooting star. When you see a shooting star, you get to make a wish. And I just wish he'd take his hands out of my panties. I always love that word, panties. Panties. They giggle. <laughs> that is so dumb. Why? Why did they do that? Why did he do that? It came out of nowhere. We were having fun and you were making money and he was being so sweet and kept saying words. And we were drinking and drinking, and the music was playing, and your dancing was great, by the way. Really, some of your best work. Magical, even. And I wanted him to come with us to Mexico. Dottie reaches to her bag, and she emerges with a styrofoam container of nacho cheese and chips. She tries not to let her tears fall into the crunchy snack. You don't need a man when we have nacho cheese, Dottie. Men are nothing but unpredictable trouble. They never do what you want. They always take the fight. Just take their money and sell them what we need. Could you feed me while I drive? But I liked him. She feeds chips to Bree. He's the first man in six years I didn't want to kill. I would have fucked him for free. You knew him five minutes, for God's sake, and then he assaulted the fuck out of you. 
Heart wants what it wants, Bree. Naughty. We're whores. We have sex with people for money. The only person I love is you. If only I'd had a kind word from a father figure. They both... <laughs> oh. They both laugh. <laughs> the trunk rattles and groans. Bree looks in the side mirror and sees flying red objects closer than they appear. Flapping bat-like wings with dragon tails and slanted pointy eyes and ears. They are after her, and they're following the car. Dottie calmly eats nacho cheese in the passenger seat. Bree looks into the mirrors and sees soaring red beasts chitter and scream like bats, and they swoop right into the car. Dottie is unaware of danger, engrossed in her nacho cheese. That might have been the best batch ever. Oh, I could just bathe in nacho cheese. You did that once for money, but you weren't bathing. You were wrestling with a midget. <laughs> little person, Bree. They like to be called little people, you bigot whore. And I'd do it again for free. <laughs> Dottie drunkenly laughs. She does not see the dragon, like the things behind them. Like, Bree does... And she becomes increasingly freaked out. What's the first thing we're going to do in Mexico? Bree closes the convertible's top, trying to be nonchalant. Dottie doesn't notice and chatters away above the glowing bat, bat sounds. The growing bat sounds. Rose. I want crispy, sweet, fresh rose. 33 of them. I'm going to scald my mouth when they come out that vat of oil on the street and remove my shoes and stand in the dust in the middle of the town and kick my feet and dance. I'm doing the churro dance. I love it when you're hungry. Hey, sweet. When we're out of Coke, what do the Romans do? Do what the Romans do. I don't think that's how that goes. Dottie flails her arms out of the window, yelling fun things. <laughs> Let's ah! not act too animated, huh? Let's, don't you don't want to attract Yes! Me. Hey, let's not act too animated, okay? Don't want to attract attention. Attention from who? There's nothing out here! Bree sees the dragon things closer now. <laughs> And we see a bull-like horns growing out of the top of her head. Dottie does not notice the transformation. Bree feels her forehead and slams on the brake, now with a hoof. And she bumbles out of the car on all fours, stamping on the ground, facing the dragon things. The swarm swirling above is a massive crimson, uh, too many to count. Bree fights the beasts. Here's a list of what I should and shouldn't have done. I should have called the police from the hotel room in Vegas. I shouldn't have stolen that briefcase of Coke. I should have flossed every morning. I shouldn't have beaten my stepfather to death with a golf club. I should be strong enough to save Dottie from the demons circling overhead. 
exterior, outside of car, desert night, during, what is that, a V? Vote. Voice. Bo- oh, got it. Voice over. Snarling. Bree Azable charges recklessly into a swarm of dragon things, attempting to skewer as many as possible with her sharpened horns. Three ripped and bleeding wings hang from her head. There are too many to fight. They claw at her hide, tearing gashes into her back. She feels nothing and gallops back to the tornado of evil, kicking and flailing. Three more fall, and she smashes their head with heavy hooves as they wriggle and thrash, refusing to die. There are too many. Interior, Bree's car, night. Dottie's worried. Bree's wailing on the darkened highway with a seizure of some kind. She's fighting multiple invisible somethings. She's spitting and frothing and running on all fours. She's ripping at her clothes and slashes appear on her body. Clean and jaw-like rips that don't look self-inflicted. Dottie awakens from her drunken stupor. What the fuck? Dottie goes to collect Bree from the highway. Shit, fuck. You're heavy. Dottie sees two dots of light in the future and knows a car is speeding towards her. She's dragging Bree into the car and she grunts. Dottie, get in the fucking car. I'm going to save you again. The sixth time this year. Dottie scoops Bree up and gets her into the car. Dottie, we have to open the trunk. That's the only thing that can save us. Open the trunk. Bree starts to pass out. I'm going to save. Dottie gets behind the wheel. No, Bree. I'll save you. I can finally save you. The trunk rattles aggressively. Dottie looks into the rearview mirror and thinks that she sees bat-like dragons. She shakes her head, and their headlights just in the distance. Interior, Bree's car, continuous. Dottie isn't well-versed in driving with a stick shift. She's trying her best. She talks to the passed-out, bleeding Bree into the passenger seat. My version of hell? A minivan with 13 kids, and I'm forced to parallel park for eternity in a fucking stick shift. And the devil is fucking me with a sharpened dildo, and the kids are screaming about Minecraft. Dottie grinds the gears and tries to stay on her side of the road. I hate being sober alone. It makes me think. I'm not a thinker. Dottie turns on the radio, and Thriller is playing. We might need Sam back for this. Flashback, interior, orange room. An 11-year-old Dottie is duct taped to the chair. Interior, Bree's car, night. Dottie uses her bruised knee to guide the steering wheel as she ties her hair into ponytails, making her look a little more childlike. Her brown roots are visible. The car is bouncing on the braille bumps of the wrong side of the road. Dottie overcorrects and almost spins out. I'm doing an excellent job. You know what? I'm going to dye my hair in Mexico. 
What color do you think? Something fun? Maybe I'll shave off my eyebrows and paint them with a Sharpie like a puka. <laughs> she veers back onto the right side of the road. Flashback, front yard of Dottie's childhood trailer. Young Dottie is playing in the front yard, doing a dance to Thriller. A windowless like van pulls up, slides open to a noisy door, and pulls her by the hair into the gray metal shell. She loses a nail as they slam the door onto her big toe and cover her mouth with a smelly white t-shirt. She tries to scream. Interior, scary orange room. Moments later, Dottie wakes up in a dirty orange room with brown striped couch and blue shag carpet on the just swollen, throbbing, nailless toe. Smells like dog poop and popcorn. Greatness, the greatest American hero plays soundlessly on the rabbit ear television in the corner. I like his curly blonde hair and blue. She's really cute. Isn't she cute? Kidnapper 2 has eyebrows painted on with a pen. You look like an angry clown, lady. Go get me some fucking peanut butter, asshole. She needs to eat something with those pills. Little Dottie glimpses wind chimes made of forks in the front door that sparkle and tinkle. The sky is so blue right as the door slams shut. Where are we? Where did you take me? The browless kidnapper 2 turns off the TV and lights and turns up the stereo. Blasting thriller. She encroaches menacingly and mouths the evil Vincent Prince monologue, getting closer and closer to Dottie's face. The kidnapper, too, is tiptoeing with strange and like disjointed dance-like steps, then grips Dottie's throat and her sharp claws, and he whispers, The phallus stench is in the air. The funk of 40,000 years and grisly gal ghouls from every tomb are closing in to seal your doom. And though you fight to stay alive, your body starts to shiver. For no mere mortal can resist the evil of the thriller. The kidnapper laughs and laughs until Dottie just passes out from fear. Interior, breeze, car, night. Dottie is driving excellently. I'm getting you to Mexico. Don't worry, Bree. We're going to make it after all. Anything too easy is never worth it. There's always a price. What, baby? Rest. We are still in the desert, but I think we're making great time. The Koreans. Why did I mess with the Koreans? Interior, Vegas Casino Hotel. Montage with Bree's voiceover. The brothers Sung owned a fleet of girls, but they weren't pimps. They were the drug lords of Vegas and owned the whole strip. If you needed coke, you were dealing with them. 
bachelor parties and slot machine junkies were their rice and kimchi. They owned dual legitimate fronts, a limousine service and Korean karaoke house. When you needed a fix to push Dawn to afternoon gambling, one of the seven brothers' some would send an Asian to your room with what was required. Their runners, all small, pretty Asian girls with delicate smiles, the police would think they were merely ladies of the night or private dancers. Jin Ho's front was sublime. The oldest brother's son came up with the idea in 2002 after a night of double teaming two spectacular blonde sex workers. I wonder who that Only moments later, Jin Ho pulls out his thin brown cigarette and picks up two stripper cards from the Vegas street. One says Dottie. The other says Brie Actual Entertainer. We see two texts, only $48, direct from your room in 15 minutes. All fantasies welcome. Ask for the whole enchilada. Enchiladas. We see Jin Ho count out ten hundred dollar bills and then he calls. I would like a whole enchilada, please. Interior, Vegas Hotel, room door. Dottie and Bree are at the front door when he opens it. He offers them exp an expensive scotch with thin brown cigarettes. The ladies, they look surprised. You wanted the whole enchilada? Enchilada. Let's get business out of the way first, shall we? Dottie spreads her legs. Jin's eyes widen as he puts on, like, another thin brown cigarette. Dottie pulls out an enchilada-sized condom stuffed with little baggies of white Coke, yellow speed, pills with, like, dolphins stamped on the front, pink oblong pills, white round ones, tiny blue ones and spills them all onto the hotel coverlet. Bree happily takes Jin's thousand, gives him every small bag of Coke, does a fat line off of Dottie's tits, and then starts dancing atop the furniture. Jin Ho, living in every fantasy is speedy, a comical montage, La Benny Hill. Interior, Vegas montage of Song Brothers. Jin Ho steals Dottie and Bree's internal pharmacy idea, making millions of dollars and brings his six brothers over to America. We see snug girls pack grams of the cleanest cocaine into their tiny little wallets. One girl appears at a hotel door, knocks softly on it seven times. Goes into the bathroom and pulls condoms stuffed with itty-bitty plastic zippies filled with fluffy white snow right out of her pussy. Makes it. Takes that money right before disappearing into the night. She stays just long enough to look like a legitimate hooker. Jin Ho is laying on a plush bed holding Bree's stripper card. The one that says actual entertainer and hopes to meet her again one day. Interior, Vegas Casino Hotel. 
Dottie and Bree walk in the hallway. This weekend sucks. I've been paid in fake chips twice. Try a threesome with two frat boys. Gross. It's all butt sex and tears. None mine. You won't believe this. An old man in a red suit asked me to have sex with a goat for $666. We're down to our last 16 bucks. And in other news, we are out of flow. Oh, I, I got this. I got this. Done and done. Dottie runs back into the hallway as Bree continues to walk by the sports batting area. Like, betting area. The Eagles just lost another game. The pendant Philly ascends to, like, drag back to the bar for, like, a buck fifty. Paps Blue Ribbon. Bree tries to look as unsex workerish as possible, like across the twisted carpet. She twists her head to cameras above the roulette table and tries not to be seen like by the bar, filling up with green and white sports jerseys. And this drunk guy yells, "I'm fucking done for the night. No more fucking." An unattractively burly tattooed lumberjack sees her plastic shoes and almost falls off of his bar stool. He follows her to the elevator about like 16 paces behind. We see Thompson Twins music as the door closes. Can I take a picture of you on the toilet? I have a friend who likes those kind of pictures. Seriously, she's a girl. I'll pay you. This, this isn't weird. He places a bear-sized paw onto the mirrored elevator wall to keep his tenuous balance. Bree looks amused. Yeah, I'll take a picture for you. You have any Coke? No, but I have a beer and money. Uh, $100 if you take the picture. You know, you're so drunk, I could rob you. Okay, my room's up on this floor. Eagles fan accidentally presses all the buttons. The elevator doors open to reveal an Asian man in an expensive suit and a large black briefcase. He looks vaguely familiar. Bree is transported five years previous as Jin Ho Song's eyes widen and he reaches open-handed to caress Bree's face. He drops his thin brown cigarette. Entertainer, whole enchilada. The tattooed eagle fan suddenly erupts from his stupor to slap away the Korean hand. She's mine tonight, buddy. I found her first. You going to take pictures? Jin Ho eyes him up and down with aggressive chin bobbing. Mind measuring the elevator space. There's not enough room for him to leap off of the mirrored wall to kick the jolly green giant in the head without harming the beautiful Bree. He drops the briefcase to the ground and threatens just patting his pocket. You, you don't want this! You think now, nah, bro? Fuck that shit! The Eagles fan throws his body on top of the diminutive Korean 
who struggles underneath for air and escape. Bree absconds with the briefcase and escapes the elevator, which will have just been in just an opening and closing on every floor. She slipped into the very first yellow cab that came by her. Interior, yellow cab Vegas strip club, night. Bree opens the briefcase. This might not be the best weekend ever. She closed the lid and hears a soft click. Or it might be the best weekend ever. We won't have to eat for weeks. There's enough here for an old-fashioned drive party. Interior, Bree's car, night. Dottie drives furiously down the desert highway with Bree just passed out, Bonnie. It's bleeding. I'm doing an excellent job. Finally, I get to save you. Oh, how the tables have turned, my friend. Interior, Dottie and Bree's Vegas hotel room. Indiscriminate time. Dottie counts out, like just piles of money. It looks like about 2,000. Seven special knobs on the door, knocks on the door. Dottie grabs the cash and fans her face as she goes to the door. Slower knock than usual, babe. You tired for giving an extra BJ in the bar bathroom before? Dottie opens the door to six intimidating Korean brothers, like smoking thin brown cigarettes. You will come with us. Dottie tries to kick, but the brothers overwhelm her. She drops the cash to the floor of the hotel room as she is dragged down the hall. We hear muffled screams and the thud of a heavy door. Interior, yellow cab, Vegas Strip, night. Hey, buddy, let's drop me off at the Orleans, okay? That's where we came from, lady. You want to go back? I, of course, have paper money, but perhaps I could pay you in this? Bree offers the cab driver a small bag of powder. Yeah, man. Back to Orleans it is. Nice and quiet. If you want some more of that loud stuff, hang around. I'll be right back with my girl. Cab driver nods. Bree goes into the hotel. Interior, Dottie's in Bree's ho Vegas hotel room just moments later. Bree opens the door to find $2,000, six thin brown cigarettes, the remnants of a fight, but no Dottie. Bree runs down the hall. Interior, yellow cab Vegas strip night. Bree runs toward and leaps into the car. Circus, circus, you're a gem. She hands him another baggie. Interior, Vegas Hotel hallway. Bree's heart is whooping. Music and fun from what she thinks is Jing Ho's. She hears Dottie's distinctive laugh and knocks on the door seven times. <laughs> the door swings open to reveal seven Korean brothers in differing states of undress, noses caked with white, and Dottie swinging from the horribly patterned polyester curtains. She screams in joy at Bree's arrival, and the curtain rod, it, it just disengages from the wall, and she falls kind of comically onto the coffee table, laughing hysterically. <laughs> oh, fuck. I'm here to make a 
trade. I'll take Dottie now. I'm sorry about the suitcase. No harm, no foul. You get the coke and we don't say a word. We're keeping Dottie and the suitcase. You'll be staying as well. Dottie gets up from the table, rubbing her bottom and then her nose. Boys, this has been fun, but it's time for me to go. Thanks a lot for the Coke. Pro tip, don't eat those boogers. Smoke them. It's okay about the cigarette burns and the kidnapping. It's not the first time, and I suppose it won't be the last. A swift kick to Dottie's head knocks her unconscious as she crumples to the carpet, bleeding from her nose. Bree remembers where Jinho's gun is and leaps for the jacket on the bed. She gets the gun first, but is covered in Koreans. They fight mercilessly. She magically escapes from their clutches and rolls a cloth like a, just the smelly coverlet into the broken window, shooting a, just a mass of men. One of them is bleeding. None of them are dead. Either I'm the most compassionate whore you've ever met, or I'm a terrible shot. You want me to stick around and we'll find out together? Just to be fair, I'm leaving the suitcase. Bree picks up Dottie and carries her out of the room. Interior Bree's car night. I'm just in the plane. Okay. Fucking live, you whore! Dottie punches the gas as they exceed, like they exceed 110 miles per hour. The truck begins to rumble ominously as the car hurtles down the dark and desert highway right into Mexico. Churros and bars and life, oh my. Dear universe, I can't live without her. Bree starts to cough, but then regains her consciousness in the passenger seat. She gingerly, like gingeringly, touches her forehead. They're gone. The horns, the hooves, gone. I did it. I defeated them. There were so many, but I won. I win! Thotty wipes away tears with the back of her hand. We need to get you cleaned up, darling. We're almost there. Breathe in reaches out to pat Dottie's arm. You are doing an excellent Job. Bree looks into the side mirror and sees a herd of hellspawn. Devil at the point, like just wingedly rushing towards their prize, ridden by uniformed officers and like three-quarter naked lesbians with their jingling jewelry and angry Koreans bouncing atop their backs and practicing Tai Chi or Kung Fu or some com like kick-ass shit. You might want to drive a little faster. What do they drink in Mexico? They have whiskey, right? They're not heathens. Faith by George Michael plays on the radio. There's a truck stop up ahead. We can make it there. We can clean you up. We'll get you some clothes. We'll get gas. And we're going to make it. Mexico, here we come. I don't care what the fuck you drink. Exterior. Truck stop. Like, truck stop. John. Don. <laughs> Dottie drags Bree across the parking lot. Bree is really fucked up. She needs medical attention, but she looks momentarily away from death. Interior, truck stop bathroom. Dottie 
cleans Bree with rolls of toilet paper and water. Interior truck stop diner Dawn. Dottie and Bree find a booth and fall into it. God, it smells like fish sticks and desperation in here. If we can hang until 6 a.m., we can get some bourbon in you, baby. That'll fix you right up. The waitress is pushing 40, looking 60. Troll the room with 16 teeth between them. Cigarettes hang behind their ears, held by bottles of blonde, crispy hair. One turns back to a table and reaches into her pocket for a small orange bumper and a tube of chapstick. She applies one to her nose and the other to her lips and is immediately awake. She leans over the table towards two greasy bearded men in faded flannel, whispering secrets and placing roughened hands on shaggy tits peeking from under pink leasy uniforms. They are the saddest whores ever seen. Oh, Bree. Oh, Bree, those poor women. Dottie gasps. I've seen that man before. A man in a red suit at the far corner booth leans forward, slams both hands flat on the table. He stares menacingly and then leans back, smiling widely with sharpened teeth. He points at her, then points at his cigar, and then fire explodes from the finger as he laughs. Smoke then takes a long sip from his ice drink. The waitress toddles over to the table. Bree slumps deep into the booth, but raises her eyes sleepily to the pair. She reads the names she expected to see on the black plastic tags with white lettering, Dottie and Bree. The devil laughs louder in the background. What can I get you ladies of the morning? Nothing. We've got to go. We've got to get out of here. Come sail away by stick starts playing. Dottie leaves four quarters on the table. I gave you those quarters for journey, not sticks. Interior, Breeze, car, Dawn. Donnie hasn't slept. The lines and lights and reflectora off of the road just jump and squirrel and like they spin flashes right into her eyes. She avoids directing her focus left or right of the phantom visible in the rear view and side mirrors. Her head pounds rhythmically with the trunk. How far is it to Mexico? Seems like we've been driving for three days. Dottie sees forks ahead on the road and diverges into two, then four, and then 600 times. Talk to me, Bree. Darling, we have to stay awake. It's coming. Bree listlessly answers. Squirrels eat babies. Wisconsin cheese will save the vegans in Imperial China. Commies, nacho cheese. Dottie keeps the double yellow lines in the glistening morning sunlight straight. They waver like sands of strands of spaghetti in inky sauce. The engine and trunk groan as if alive. Free! Free! We have to get in the trunk. Dottie slams the brakes in the center of the highway and then unbuckles Bree. I know what to do now. We can finish this. 
I can finish this. We're making it to Mexico. No, not the trunk. Don't open the trunk. Daddy, no trunk. Dottie scrambles into the back seat and chews the upholstery with her hands, wringing up the leather. She throws chunks of foam onto the roadside, madly destroying the car. She fastens a small hole into the trunk and pries it open with both hands. She's just grunting and screaming as she makes the portal just big enough to slip through. She softly pulls Bree into the back seat and then starts stuffing her into the trunk. This is the only way to Mexico. You have to trust me. Trust and faith. You're doing an excellent job. Dottie kisses Bree on the forehead and shoves her head through the portal into the trunk. Dottie's crying openly as she wiggles through the tiny little opening. Interior, trunk. Dottie! Do you feel the latch? Ooh, it's right here. We hear a click, and then the trunk is flung open, revealing the glorious desert morning light. They squint, covering eyes with hands and forearms, and they emerge into the newness of dawn, both unscathed. They kneel into the trunk of the red Mustang, hugging and screaming and kissing one another. They see a shimmering line in the sand with a large multicolored glitter letters spelling M-E-X-I-C-O. There is no border guard or fence to scale. Bree bounces out of the trunk onto the roadway looking back at Dottie. She's wearing different clothes and her plastic heels are unstained. Her blonde curly hair glimmers in the sun. No? Bree fingers Dottie's perfect hair. The light's a little different. And weren't you missing teeth? Not anymore. They hug and jump up and down. Bree grabs a tiny jar from the trunk. I've been saving this for when we get to Mexico. She takes a swig of the acid tears, hands the rest to Dottie, who just downs it. They see a churro stand in the distance beckoning them with neon lights and large arrows pointing to like just a mariachi playing Don't Stop Believing and men in sequined sombreros and dance and kiss them in Spanish. The sky whirls a million colors and glittered kitten army escorts them across the border past the waving cacti who swing 80s tunes and they sing it too. Their path is surrounded by the horns of defeated bulls and bullfighters. They both dance. They turn to see the devil and his minions on the other side of bright Mexico line, just cursing and stamping their feet in the rising dusk cloud. Dottie and Bree cry and laugh and skip, holding hands into the beautiful future. Interior, tow truck desert highway, day. A tow truck driver with a Jesus name tag, is 66.6 miles out of Vegas when he sees an abandoned white Ford Taurus on side of the 15 South. Surrounded by desert, he can't imagine where the passengers might have fled to. 
This area has no call boxes, no rest stops, or mini marts. It's a deserted stretch of highway. Who could they have gone? There's nowhere to go from here. Jesus pulls over. He notices blood on the driver's seat and a trail along the pavement to the trunk where the ninja star is wedged into the keyhole. He pulls it out with pliers from his toolkit and unclicks the latch to reveal two dead hookers in the trunk. They lay at unnaturally broken angles with several thin brown cigarettes strewn about them. One is slashed and cut and lays in a pool of thick blood while the other has white rings of cake wrapped around her nose and blood crusted on her mouth. Both have missing, broken, bleeding fingernails. There are scratches along the inside of the trunk and dents from feet and fists just pounding. You tried to call for help. Oh, you tried to escape. Very fast montage. Dottie and Bree in the alley, both being beaten up, thrown in the trunk of a white Ford Taurus. Dottie and Bree trying to thump their way into way out of alternatively fast and then slow. Dottie and Bree sleeping. Dottie and Bree thumping. Bree dying. Dottie dying. From the inside of the trunk to the outside of the trunk, we see the car from the sky and pan to the very blue and perfect day. End. Yay! They were in the trunk the whole time! That was the thumping in the trunk. It was them. It was them! They were in the trunk! That was so much. Thank you all for doing that. That was super fun. That was Thank fun. You. I didn't expect to just be reading the whole. I was they fine. Like my eyes are drunk. bleeding from just staring at the screen. I literally, like, I was like, "How do I smoke a cigarette? How do I drink a beer?" Like, I did a set outside. And they're like, "Do this," and I'm like, "Oh, no, read, 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 read," and I'm just staring at the screen. We that was great. You guys were all fantastic. We were trying to we were trying to be feminists right? and having no men involved, but it, it never it never works out that way, does it? It never works out that <laughs> nope. way. Yeah, men always work their way in. I realized that we had lost Billy. We lost Billy halfway through, but everyone picked up and it was great. It was just like a Warhol script. It was super fun and it yeah. all worked out. Yeah. And I'm story, over Kim. the moon. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Thanks, everyone. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, for both uh, Edna and Joanna, I realized as I've, I don't have enough lines for you. So that was what I realized tonight is that I have to go back through here and write more lines for Dottie and Bree because it's too much narrator. <laughs> it's a fucking lot of narrator. Well, okay, to be fair, it started as a novella, right? It did. It started as a novella, like, so it didn't got, start as a I script. I got like five minutes in, I'm like, this is a lot of reading. And then <laughs> I kept going, I'm like, we're doing it! And then Don't was, make the southern guy read, you know? Like he doesn't still, he doesn't want to do that. I got consistently more drunk during the whole thing. <laughs> because every time I wasn't speaking, I was trying we to stub substances into my mouth. <laughs> uh, either it was nicotine or alcohol. Well, thank you so much. Great job. Great job. Crazy, crazy fun. love to the whole Zoom room. Thank you for writing it, Pam. Thank you so much for reading it, because now I know I know what I need to do. I need There needs to be way more lines with Dottie and Bree, because right now it's like too much 
it's, subtext. Well, it's like um, if I have a cartoonist. If someone's watching it on screen, so much of that was subtext. Just right. because of the amount of narration in it. So Too it much like narration, yeah. It Agreed. would almost be like a, it would feel like a silent film. <laughs> silent film. I'm yeah. With just my dumbass voice. More text, more text. Thank you all <laughs> I have so to much pee. for being here. I love you guys. Yes, go pee and do your thing. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for doing it. Yay! What? Is that flowers for me? Oh, thank you, person who watched. That's so sweet. We have to get back. We have to figure out again how to play music here live at Mutiny Radio. And we'll do that. Thanks for being around. This has been a lot of fun. Oh, Nathan feels like you worked so hard. Like, I work. I've never worked this hard in my life. Ooh, I just don't even know how to do it. Someday I'm going to move to L.A. And then they'll be like, cold read. And he's like, I know how to cold read or whatever. Uh, thanks for being around here. I'm really excited about Ah, uh, the show we did at seven o'clock. I thought that was really great. Uh, we're gonna. I'm gonna play some, some more. Well, we're just gonna put on the night playlist, but I'm gonna put on Morning Train first because JD Bull's dead and it's very sad. And we're gonna keep him alive by playing his weird old shit, yo. Uh, cool. Mutiny Radio. Thanks for being here. Yay! Yay! Yay!
Go to the counter for insado. We would go to the garage and we had this one wall and we'd throw these throwing stars at the wall and pretend that we were like in the Kroll world, except that I wasn't like the princess. No dead air here on Mutiny Radio. Thanks for hanging out. I'm sure it would be adorable indeed. Now, I know what you're thinking, but Ken, tentacle porn exists. Tentacle porn exists. Yes. <laughs> but they don't want... Um, you know, I've been having a hard time like actually writing comedy. Like, uh, something, something screwed me up. Like, I think, you know, you kind of... 